Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel. From cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between. With your host, Randall McKeown. Welcome to day two in my great adventures touring Cape Town and the area. Today we would visit Langa Township in South Africa. When they speak of township, they usually refer to an undeveloped, racial segregated urban area. So to bring it down, this is where the black community lives. These townships have been around for a while. Started in the 19th century and was supposed to end with when apartheid ended. Now things may have changed on paper. However, in people's minds, there's still that racial uh, segregation going on. And we need to stop that. One of the largest townships is called Soweto. And it has a population of about 1.2 million people. So the township that I was going to, Langa, is considered one of the safest townships within South Africa. It's probably one of the smallest ones, too, with approximately 700,000 people living there. And it was probably the best place to walk around, so... I think that's why it was chose for us. If I remember correctly, we were driven into the township by a resident that lived in the township. And he took us to a meeting place, I guess you want to call it that, where we were introduced to our walking guide, who also lived in the community. We walked around and looked at the township houses, people, and eventually we made our way to a school, and inside that school where kids were singing, and some of them got up and started dancing when we came in the room. Uh, It was a large, large room, I would say, probably larger than my, my first floor of my house, but it housed a lot of kids in different age groups. One of the ladies on her tour did have some supplies, so she handed them over, writing books, pencils, crayons, stuff like that. And we knew the kids were, you know, in school, so we didn't stay long. We exited and made our way along the streets. It brought to my attention that our driver was driving up and down the streets, keeping an eye on us, as well as the security personnel The car was driving up and down just to make sure that we were safe. I guess we look like easy targets as being tourists. We were taken to a building block, or I call it a building block, two floors. On each floor, it housed about 16 men when it was first designed. Basically what it was when it was first built was it was people coming to work in the city that had homes in the outlying area 
but a place for them to stay while they're working in the city was in these townships or these blocks, building blocks. And they were allowed to stay there with the stipulation that uh, no women would be there. But of course, over the years, women did come, men and women got together, and families were born. Overcrowding was severe. You figure it's designed for 16 men, then you had their spouses and children. The place was soon overrun. I even heard stories that when the authorities would come, the women would have to run into the fields and hide. Well, it was later found out that the women were actually staying with the men. And we had a tour of this one of these blocks and saw the kitchen area, which was nothing much. And a couple of ladies went and they toured one of the bedrooms. And there was a man in there. He was watching TV. The ladies were sitting down in the other beds. I just peeked in. It was very crowded. No place to really breathe. It was just uh, bunk beds and very limited space. But one thing I noticed with these units, they all had TVs. And outside on the wall, they had satellite dishes mounted to the wall. We walked around the community, and kids would come out, and especially young ones. They would come out, and they're walking around us, or if we were standing still, a couple of them came up and swatted us in the butt. We thought it was kind of cute, but they would hit us and sort of run away. Nothing major. Walking down one street, we did see a vendor. She had an old shipping container that she was serving local food out of, and one of the people in my group decided to buy pastry and share it with us. It was very tasty. And we noticed also in this township that it wasn't all despair. There were some pretty nice homes in here. And what we were told is some of the younger people uh, at one point had left and got better themselves through education, got good jobs. But they decided to move back to the township because they want to be close to family and friends and such. So it wasn't all doom and gloom with the buildings. We were let down a, a street, and eventually it uh, ended up at a lady's house. We were invited into her dining room, and she served us up lunch, uh, beautiful food, very nice house. And we found out that at one point, this lady, she was creating different foods that be packaged and sold at uh, grocery stores. But for some reason, that business failed. She was looking for another way to make money. She approached um, Touchdown DMC, which was the people touring us around, and offered to cook for guests. So this has been going on for a while, and you know, COVID basically shut everything down for a while. But now we're back up and running, and we are touring. So it was, it was a very nice meal that she provided in a very lovely house. We left and made our way along the streets, heading back to where we were supposed to meet up with our driver. And, of course, there was a place where to buy handcrafted stuff from the locals. And many people in our group stopped to purchase. And by the time we got back to our our driver to drive us out of the township, we were running late. We met up with our 
our driver from Touchdown DMC, who have been driving us around so far since we've been in uh, Cape Town. And you could tell by the look on his face that uh, we were well, well behind schedule, as he still had Christenbach Botanical Gardens. But we wouldn't have much time there, as they were also trying to squeeze in a trip up to the top of Table Mountain, as we couldn't do it the other day because of the bad weather. So we did drive to the gardens, the Botanical Gardens. We got there. And I think we were given about 45 minutes now. There's over 500 hectares to these gardens. So needless to say, we did not get to see them all. We did, you know, walk around a bit. We stayed close to schedule, as we were told. Made our way to the exit and got back in the vehicle so we could head to Table Mountain. And a funny thing with Table Mountain, I shouldn't say it's funny because there were some people there with mobility issues. So when you're when we were dropped off and they went parked the vehicles and we had to make our way to where you get your tickets and you go up and you get on the gondola to go up to the top. Well there was a lot of ramps and a steep hill and although our group was managed it, we were exhausted by the time we got to uh where we had to take the gondola. And as we're standing there, someone came out of the elevator. And our guide realized at that moment that, oh, yeah, he should have used the elevator for those that had the mobility issues. So he did remember that for when we were coming back down. But we did go up. And again, we wanted to spend more time there, but we were limited because of how long we took at the township. And we were at the Pecanical Gardens. So this was our just tucked in there. It really wasn't scheduled for this day. But what I must say is that the view from the top was amazing, and I took lots and lots of photos. You can see all of Cape Town from the top. It's just so beautiful. And just being up there, it was a little closer to heaven, as some would say. Um, I would just, uh, one thing cool about it, too, is just on our way up there to gondola, uh, it's open, like an open window. It uh, floor turns. It's 365 degrees. So all those riding up there do get a, a look outside, looking down towards Cape Town proper as we head up to the top of uh, Table Mountain. And I'll tell you, that was quite an experience. I really liked that. We were able to, again, I took a lot of pictures. But we also got to study the rock formation a little bit. There was a little, you know, if you want to call it a scale model of the the mountain range or the mountain range, I'd say the mountain range, and the different formations, rock formations, what they were called. So again, we were there for a limited time before we had to make our way, because actually today was the day we were moving to what's called... Uh, the Sharks Bay, which was up in, I'm going to do a spell it for you. It's a place, it's L-A-N-G-E-B-A-A-N, so Langban. Anyways, it was way up there. It was a long, long drive from Table Mountain until we got there. I really don't know why it was part of the tour, but, you know, it is what it is. So that, in a nutshell, was our 
day two trip, and maybe I can go over and and you know talk a little bit about the things that I found very interesting. One, I was quite surprised about security following us around, but after getting home and reading a little bit more about townships and the fact that Langa was considered the safest one, that was a good point to take us to that. To have more time at the um, Christ, Christian Bosch Botanical Garden would have been nice because we really didn't see a lot of the floral. But again, we got to remember, we were there in spring, so the flowers are just starting to seed. Um, and then soon they will come out or not see, but bud, that's the word I went to, went to use. Is, is buds were growing on the branches. And if we were, had been there maybe a month or a month and a half later, maybe two months, uh, you could see the flowers in bloom. But uh, just wanted to be able to walk around the garden, so we really didn't have the time to do that. But again, it gives us a taste of things that we might want to do if we return to Cape Town. Do I have plans for, for that in the future? I really don't know right now because there's so much more of the world that I want to see. And I will tell you this, that um, this whole trip, and I'll just end it on this in this episode, on this trip, it made me realize the importance of being at home, being sick while you're away on vacation, especially when you're in another country far, far away, it sucks. It literally sucks. It's like you, you got to go with it. You can't really do much about it. Each day for me was a struggle once I did get sick. And it just made me realize when I got home that maybe my traveling days are done. You know, maybe I've, I've done a lot, but maybe my traveling days are done. I don't know for sure because I know I have one more trip coming up. I am going to Cancun in April as part of uh, my host agency through the travel. Um, they're having their conference there, and I'm attending the conference, so I'll be in Cancun. Better than having it in Toronto, I guess, so Cancun in April, can't go wrong there. So I'm going to leave it at that, but that was uh, basically what happened on day two in Cape Town. And as I said, we moved from... Balmoroc um, Boutique Hotel, we now moved up and ended the evening at the Sharks Bay. And, oh, I got to say, for dinner that night, I ordered a pasta dish. Pasta with a meat sauce, or spaghetti with a meat sauce. I guess that's what it was. It was so good. I mean, so good. And it was just the right portion. So um, just to give you a heads up, I think I ordered it twice, not the same night, but just a heads up. So stay tuned and we'll talk about day three um, in the next podcast. Have yourself a good day. Thanks for listening to Passports and Postcards. 